John Delcos, how are you this morning? I'm doing fine, Stan. How are you? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love ah, it. It's good to hear, hear from you, man. What's going on? Uh, just, you know, just covering the Mets these days. Yes. Uh, which is even Not darker me. than the Yankees because <laughs> there's no hope there. Yeah, but you got Jay Bruce back. Come on. <laughs> Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't sound excited. He sounds real thrilled with that. Well, actually, I I like Bruce, but you know, it just seems like once you have a player and you don't want to pay him to stay, well, then why do you pay him to come back? I it just seems like a lot of wasted energy. Well, it seems like the Mets, just like a lot of teams, named the Baltimore Orioles and the Pittsburgh Pirates and things like that. They just they sort of. They reinvent what is the proper amount of compensation almost on a yearly or every other year. They just all of a sudden, four months later, they say, mm, $13 million for Bruce compared to what's out there in the market. That doesn't sound too bad. No, it doesn't. It, you know, he could have held out and gotten more maybe, or he could have held out and gotten less. Yeah. So it, it, it's hard to tell how the market's going to react. Well, and uh, th- well, this year was very, very slow. Well, one thing that we know is that guys his age, how old is Jay now, 31, 32? 31. 31. Once you get north of 30, you ain't getting a contract longer than three years. The average yearly uh, compensation might be a little bit higher here or there, but you get over 30, teams don't want to give you a five- or six-year contract. I certainly found that to be the case. John, what about you? Oh, I agree, (laughs) and it's it's funny that most long-term contracts don't work out. Um, the Yankees, you know, they had a long 10-year deal with Jeter, but he wasn't really anything the last three years. And one of the few free agent pitchers that had signed long-term contracts and worked out was Mike Messina. Right. And, and uh, he, he flourished with the Yankees. And um, he got my Hall of Fame vote. Good for you. Good for you. Wanted to talk to you a little bit aside from the Mets about Hall of Fame balloting. We've got that out of the way because you voted for Mucina. Have you relented on voting for the the steroid guys? I mean, how do you how do you how does your vote play out with uh, relation to Bonds and Clemens? They didn't get my vote, and they won't get my vote. And I covered Roger Clemens for three or four years, and um, I. You know, like I was, like everybody else, I was seduced by the guy. I thought, yeah, he was really that good, but he wasn't. And the thing about the steroids is it doesn't make you hit the ball farther. It doesn't make you throw the ball harder, but it, what it enables you to do, it enables you to train longer and harder. And in August, when everybody else is dog tired, you still have the energy, and it creates bat speed. And bat speed is where the power comes from. And it's not hitting the ball 450 feet. It's hitting the ball 401 feet, just getting it over the wall. That's that little extra umph that enables you to get it done. And, you know, you're, you're cheating the game. You're cheating your teammates. Uh, how many guys got beaten out by steroid users? I don't know. There's no way of knowing. Yep. But the thing is, is... The beauty about sports, Stan, in, in my mind, is for the um, viewer, 
and the opposing player to believe what's going on in their eyes is true. And when somebody cheats and, you know, he trains longer and harder and is a little bit stronger, that's not, that's not, that's not, um, that's not true to the game. What do you say? What do you say in the case of Bonds to those that would say, yeah, we know he cheated, but he did it really late in his career because he was sort of ticked off at all the the attention McGuire and Sosa were getting, and he would have been a he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer without the steroids. Maybe he would have been. Maybe he wouldn't have been. But you know, the thing is, he still cheated. Yeah. You know, I mean, I covered Rafael Palmero. And, you know, if anybody should be in the Hall of Fame based on numbers, it's him. 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, slam dunk stats. It's been that way for generations. But, you know, once he, wa- once he waved his finger in Congress and said, I don't cheat, or whatever he said, you know, I just, yeah, I believed him. I wanted to believe him. Right. But, you know, the thing is, is I think he thought, by testifying in Congress that saying that that he would get a, a free pass, and I believe that's when he started using, um, or, or or you know shortly thereafter. Positive. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but again, we we've been down that road before, and and you know he he went up and testified uh, before Congress on the seventeenth of March because we were in Fort Lauderdale there when he left. He wagged his finger, said he never did it. Right. And then and two months later. And then well then the the, the steroid test that he was positive for occurred in mid April that year. Right. And then two weeks later, he was tested again and he was negative. And he went that entire year with that hanging over him as mm-hmm. he approached three thousand hits, which he eventually got uh in Seattle right before he got popped for it. So with all the appeals and everything else, and John, you and I have had this discussion before. I I personally am a belief that he was set up, and I think he was the poster boy for Bud Selig. Be- it could have been. It could be very well be. I don't trust anything from the Bud Selig era. No, me either, I, because he did everything I, he could. He did everything he could to brush the thing under the rug and not pay any attention to it until he was forced to finally But are do you it. claiming you think he was set up by Bud Selig or by a teammate that didn't like him? Oh, well, that, that could have been either. Well, yeah, but I mean, that well, led, I mean, when you have a conspiracy, you got to give me what the that conspiracy lends a is. lot of a lot of credence to me and what Raffi was saying right. in terms of getting a bad B twelve shot right. because all of a sudden, not too far down the line after the positive test, Miguel Tejada is being brought before right. a, a, a grand jury and 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 he's being asked to testify about lying. When he was interviewed. So I want to be clear, though, on the facts, though. You're saying that he failed a test, Palmero, and he then two, the two weeks later he he passed the test? That's my understanding of and it, And they yes. still suspended him? And they still suspended him. All right. Well, the I, thing is, is that um, once you test positive, that's it. That's it, yeah. And my my criteria in, in the Hall of Fame voting is if you tested positive, um, you're, you're out. If somebody... Um, <clears throat> says on the record, um, or you were uh, your name showed up in the Mitchell report, like Bonds did, then you're out. And also, if um, a teammate 
or a um, coach or manager says on the record, yeah, this guy cheated, I saw him, and um, th- then it creates doubt, and in that mind, in my mind, that doubt creates a no, be- uh, no vote. What I've always hated about it in terms of Rafi's situation, John, is the fact that for everything that I just explained as far as the test after the wagging of the finger and everything else, uh, right away everybody says, well, he's been doing it his whole career. And you don't know that, I don't know that, and they don't know that. No, they don't. But the thing about it is, is once you test positive, um, and going back to Stan's question about bonds, um, you don't know when he started. And um, the thing is, is um, once you test positive, that creates doubt Down. about your right. whole career. Yeah. And um, I'm sorry if if the if the if the Hall of Fame changes its criteria and mandates that on the plaque there's an asterisk that says played and tested positive in the steroid era and has that document on the plaque, then I'll vote for that guy. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's acknowledging it. You know, history history is not clean and pretty and, 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 and immaculate. History is dirty, and, and history is rough. And that means that, you know, guys test positive. And they, they, if you're going to be at a Hall of Famer, then that should be on your plaque. It should be noted that you're a cheater. John Delcos is our guest. He writes the New York Mets report, and you can follow that blog during the baseball season or all year round at NewYorkMetsReport.com. John, we do know that Chipper Jones has 98.4% of the votes. Vlad Guerrero has 94.5%. Jim Tomey has 93.4%. Edgar Martinez has 80.8%. And Trevor Huffman has 78% currently. Are you comfortable with thinking all five of those will get in? That's a big class. I sure hope so because I voted for all five. All right. Um, and, I, and I also voted for Mike. Yeah, and Mike is next at 73.6. With with the voting the way it is, do you agree with Craig and I, not whether he deserves to be in, do you think Mucina has any chance to pick up the requisite votes he needs to go over 75, or do you think he might fall to like 68 or 69% when all the votes are tallied? And he was 52 he, last year. Yeah. He might. He might. I don't think you're going to pick up 2%. Um well, it's one point four percent as of last night. He would need, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what he has now. Next year he could get in. Okay. Uh, Kurt, yeah, and, and where and do he's going to get my vote? Where do you every stand? Time he's on the ballot. Where do you stand on Kurt Schilling? He's next below Musina at sixty-six point five percent. I didn't vote for Schilling. I um, I I just don't like the guy. Um, you know, I I'm not a big advocate of the. I always you talk about conspiracy or or theatrics. I think the bloody sock game was a theatric. You know, if you get a cut, you know. First of all, he had surgery on that ankle. How are you pitching? Maybe he didn't have surgery. Yeah, there's doubt there. But there was a big. Ink, uh, blood spot on the spot on the sock. And it was perfect. I mean, nobody bleeds in a perfect circle. 
And so, why is that there? Nobody could, nobody could climb the damn sock either. Afterwards. Yeah, where did that sock go? <laughs> that, he, they, they got it in the same room as Albert Bell's cork <laughs> bat in Chicago. Yeah, you would think that somebody would have would have kept that sock and, and sold it, but uh, <laughs> nobody could find that damn sock. And you know, surely that, is, unbe- that is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. All right, we're yeah, talking. Yeah. We're talking with John Delcos uh, about the the Hall of Fame. Um, your thoughts about Chipper Jones? He's near. I mean, that's just about as high as anybody's gotten. Has anybody ever been? I know, as of five years ago, nobody was at a hundred percent. I mean, Tom nobody's, Seaver was no, like nobody's it, been. A, Tom Seaver was around a, this number, right? Ninety-eight percent. Tom Seaver. Yeah, and. and um, Kurt Griffey, uh, I think, uh, Ken Griffey. surpassed that. Yeah. Um, or uh, Ken Griffey, I'm sorry. Yeah. And um, who's Kurt? Well, that's what who's Kurt Griffey? Get older. Who's Kurt Griffey? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he was my favorite. Uh, Griffey was one of my favorite players. And, and um, you know, some of the guys I, I voted for, like McGriff. Yeah. You know, he fell shy of 500 home runs. But we talk about steroids, and McGriff did it cleanly. He's probably one of he and Tommy are probably the last great power hitters that did it cleanly, and that's why I got my vote. And uh, nobody could nobody ever, ever linked to McGriff or Tommy to steroid usage, so I voted for him. What about Edgar Martinez? And in, in terms of the DH, I mean, yeah. we we always hear about DHs and and how how a lot of people don't even want to recognize them for the Hall of Fame in many instances. But you know, Edgar, I think. Along with David Ortiz, but again, you you run in with the David Ortiz, you run into that same issue as far as the uh, the the PEDs. But when you think about the the three DHs, I think about is, is one of them's Edgar, obviously, and the other one played right here in Baltimore and played for the White Sox and Harold Baines. I have I voted for Edgar, and every year I sent an email to the Seattle Mariners PR guy saying, once again, Edgar got my vote. You know what? If you don't want to vote for a designated hitter, well, then get off your butt, Major League Baseball, and abolish the DH. It's a legitimate position that you guys installed in the game. um, and 44 years ago now. Yeah, it was supposed to be a three-year experiment, but, you know, it keeps getting getting renewed. Um, I voted for Martinez. And uh, I think that he, he w- in fact, Edgar got my MVP vote um, the year that um, uh, the Mariners got in. I, I believe one, two, and three were Mo Vaughn, Albert Bell, and, and I don't know who the third guy was. It wasn't Edgar, but Edgar got my vote that year. Um, and I don't mind guys being compilers. You know, you know like Yastrzemski was a compiler. Um Hey, even Cal Ripken was a compiler, you know? Yeah. But the thing is, is it, you have to be pretty damn good to stay around that long. To be to compiling, those numbers. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Uh, talk a little bit, and I haven't asked Craig this either. You know, a lot of times when the Orioles would sign these old-timers like Sammy Sosa, I could have cared less. It was a yawn. I was thrilled to have one year – of Vlad Guerrero in an Orioles uniform and get to witness him up close, even though he was probably 75% of the 
of the player he was in his prime. And while he was an Oriole, John, I saw something out of Vlad Guerrero I've never seen out of anybody else ever to play this game. What, hitting the ball hit, off hit the a ground? Base, hit a baseball for a base hit to center field after the ball had bounced. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought he was one of the great players of our generation. I didn't vote for Guerrero last year yeah. because I voted uh, I voted for 10 people on my ballot and the last guy was Lee Smith, mm-hmm. and he was the last year on the on the ballot. And Guerrero was his first year, and I figured, well, Guerrero is going to get it next year, so I'm going to vote for Lee Smith this year because this is his last chance. At least Smith was the compiler. You know, you talk about the DH not getting credit. I love that term. Well, I've never heard relievers, that term, compiler. Re- re- relievers don't get credit either. And here's a guy with third all time in saves. You know, I mean, whatever the save rule is, it is a rule. And he got 400 of them or whatever it was, and um, that's why he got my vote. And I saw Lee Smith pitch. And um, yeah, I, he, but the he, question he, was about the the question was about Vlad Guerrero. Yeah, did yeah, you? I know. Yeah, I, I like I like I like the Vlad. And, and, I did. I and, love um, him. He, he I I enjoyed watching him. Yeah, I love watching him play. And and you know the thing is, is I don't I don't recall who was on the the Oriole team that year. The Guerrero was there. It wasn't very. But good I'm sh- I'm sure that some of those players learned something. Yeah. Hey, last question for you. You do the New York Mets report. What's your early assessment on Mickey Calloway, the new new skipper? I like I like him, yep. but I don't know him. And nobody knows what he's going to do under game react game uh, I was going to react under game pressure. And uh, it's it's you know, it's a Mets trying to do something different. And um, You think he's going to be you, know, com- he- you think he's going to be a compiler? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not to be lucky if they compile seventy games this year. Okay. Uh, but um, you know what? I'm happy for the guy. Yeah. I'm happy for the guy. He got a chance, um, and, I, and maybe, maybe, I, the, maybe he'll turn out to be something special. I think he, he is going to be. I have a feeling he is going to be something special. Um, John, it's been a long time. We'll get you on once the season starts. Talk a little New York Mets baseball. All right. All right, hey, my friend. Da- thank you so much. David Wright, is he going to camp this year at all? Yeah, he's going to go to camp. And, yeah. and, 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 and Such yeah, a shame. That's what, Such a shame. Yeah, it, it is. He's a, he's, a, he's a great player. Yep. Um, he's on, on the downhill slide, and um, I, I feel bad for him. Yeah, the injuries, um, the injuries have robbed him of being a compiler. That's right. He has no chance. Well, I'm serious. You know, here's I a guy. Know. Listen, I love that, David you know, like, Wright. Like Messina, Messina went out on his own terms. Yep. And I asked him, I asked him, um, you know, you're that close to 300 wins. Why don't you just hang around? And he said, I could hang around and do it, but I don't want to hang around. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to just get there, get the number. Whatever I, I did, I did on my own. And um, that should be enough. He didn't. I didn't want to put. I don't want to put that work in to 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 pitch just to get ten more wins. I just don't want to do it. I've got John. I got one more question about Musina. You know about the relationship my co-host has with him in this generation of sexual harassment. Has there ever ever been any claims that Musina sexually harassed Craig Heist? Oh, I, I don't think I don't think anybody can be accused of sexually harassed. Yeah, well, I'm glad you put that to rest. 
<laughs> hey, John, it's great to talk to you again. We'll we'll reach out to you when the season starts, all right? All right, Stan. All right, Craig. You guys take care, and, right. and good luck to you this year. All right. Thank Thanks. you, buddy.